Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the ninth of March. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I'm Pierre Morrow. It's the day after International Women's Day, and、um, the song that you were listening was "Warrior in Woolworths Woolies" by X-Ray Speck. So very interesting, both song and、uh, and band, but. Um, that was quite good, I thought. And、uh, <laughs> really, you like what the young people are listening to today? Is that what that was? Yeah, <laughs> that's right, Giselle. See how flexible. And thanks for solidarity breakfast for another interesting program. And、uh, and of course,、uh, Giselle, Asia Pacific Currencies brought you by. Who's it brought to you by? It is brought to you by Australia Asia Workerlinks. You can find us on the web, all the w's dot a a w l dot org dot a u. We're on Facebook and Twitter. So look us up on those social media platforms, and I do believe we、uh, have started our mini news service once again. So、um, many of you will have received your mini news last week. I didn't. I, I posted it, and I didn't receive it, but I know others have because I've been told. I, I received it four days after. <laughs> four days so, after I, I sent it. I think there's still some hiccups to there, but it's getting there. But it's good to know that we can communicate with our twenty thousand subscribers and talk about news and current. From the Asia Pacific region, from a workers' point of view, from the working class point of view, which we don't really get anywhere. That's right. That's right. And、uh, and of course, you're listening to 3CR Radio, favourite community radio station, and、um, we've got the usual roundup of labour news here. And Giselle,、um, what's on the second half of the program? Well, as you said earlier, Pierre, today is the day after International Women's Day. There was a massive rally in Melbourne yesterday, so we've got a couple of the speeches that were delivered at the rally that we're going to broadcast for you this morning. Uh, the first one is、uh, Belinda, da-、uh, Belinda Stephen, sorry, and April Watson. These are the daughters of Tanya Day, who is an Aboriginal woman who died in police custody recently. So they talk about the、um, racial issues, the、uh, political issues, and the Aboriginal rights issues、um, that led to their mother's death, and then the campaign、um, for justice for Tanya Day. And then、uh, the second speech is Lara Watson, who is. An official with the ACTU, the Australian Council of Trade Unions,、um, and she talks about some of the、um, campaigns around pay equity and paid、um, domestic violence leave. Some campaigns that、um, the ACTU is running. I do also want to acknowledge 3CR's 24 hours of women's broadcasting. Yesterday,、um, we suspend normal programming every year on International Women's Day to. Acknowledge the strength, the fights, the struggles of women and women broadcasters, and all the women activists that normally broadcast across the week here have a dedicated space to talk about the struggles of women. So, congratulations to 3CR, to all the women broadcasters,、um, and it was a spectacular 24 hours of women's broadcasting. That's、uh, exactly right, and we'll go to the labour news. But I think you've got the first one, Dejah. I do, Pierre.、Um, 
We, as as always, we do have to talk about the uh, catastrophes across the workers' movement because um, this helps us understand the class relations between us and the bosses. Last week, we reported on the gold mine collapse on the island of Sulawesi. At that stage, seven workers were confirmed dead. 19 workers had been rescued, while it was estimated that up to another 50 workers were still trapped inside. Given the remote location of the mine and the fact that it was an illegal operation, there were no official registers of who was working in the mine on that day. With the passing of another week, the reality is even worse than we first thought. The confirmed death toll has now risen to 13, um, while it's now estimated that there are up to 100 miners still trapped inside. As rescuers are now unable to hear any more sounds coming out of the mine, it's thought that all of those workers have died. Um, we will continue to let you know what happens with that um, as numbers come in. But of course, this is why we fight for health and safety at work and um, the avoidance of illegal operations. That's right. It's a terrible um, story. We now go to Myanmar, where um, last week six leaders and organisers with the Union of Workers at the Hotel Tharabar Gate in Myanmar's Bagan Archaeological Zone were sentenced to one month jail. They were immediately taken to jail after this verdict. Their crime, or I should say their supposed crime, was to attempt to hold a protest march. This sentence is part of an ongoing pattern of repression that workers have had to deal with over the last 12 months. Management has tried many times to dismiss the main union activists um, at this hotel, and after the last attempt, workers set up permanent, a permanent protest camp near the hotel in protest at these dismissals. Last December, this camp was then brutally attacked by the police. The International Union of Food Workers has now started an international campaign calling for the immediate release of the six jailed workers. In Myanmar, two years ago, Ko Sui Win, editor of the online newspaper Myanmar Now, ran a story quoting a senior monk who said that well-known ultra-nationalist monk Yu Wiratu's actions could be cause for him to be expelled from the monkhood as they violated the tenets of Buddhism. Yu Wiratu, a long-time anti-Muslim activist, had previously expressed support for Yu Ki Lin, a recently convicted gunman who had killed prominent lawyer Yu Ko Ni in early 2017. Ko Sui Win has had to attend 55 court hearings over the last two years, which necessitates him to travel over 700 kilometres each time to get there. The court has yet to hear from the defence. In contrast, high-ranking military commanders, many accused of war crimes, remain at large, while journalists who expose the truth and report on human rights are jailed, like the Reuters journalists Wo Lone and Kiao Su Wu, who are serving seven-year sentences for national security breaches. I mean, the interesting uh, thing of that story is the f- fact of how many times the, this poor journalist had to go to, to court um, and it's just started. Uh, it, you know, it's part of just a, it's an interesting line of, of harassment, really. 
Um, so we can now go to Korea, where um, the, there's been a, another strike and protest march by um, workers. Uh, this happened on March 7, uh, where tens of thousands of South Korean workers um, went on strike all over the country. The main target was the Committee on Improvement of, La- of Labor Relation Law and Practice of the Economic uh, com- Subcommittee of the Social and Labor Council. Which um, which has made recommendations on how to make workers more flexible and competitive. Uh, employers are campaigning for more restrictions on union activities and the right to to strike, and that's why the the workers um, uh, ha- have gone out. And it's always interesting how, um, whenever the government and employers talk about improvement of labour relations, they usually mean um, we'll just um, make sure that you can't organise. But also in an uh, in an unrelated development, uh, in another uh, campaign that we've often uh, brought you news about, the campaign to get compensation for ex-Samsung Electronics workers who are suffering from occupational illnesses um, last week hit a major um, barrier when over 126 workers were deemed ineligible for compensation due to technicalities related to time frame and disease definitions. And in India, again last week, we brought you uh, an interview about the case of the social and environmental activist S. Magilan from Tamil Nadu in southern India. Magilan has now been disappeared since mid-February after he gave a press conference which exposed the connection of senior police officials to the Tukudu police shootings that happened in May 2018. This armed response against a mass protest by local working class communities against Vedanta's steelite giant copper smelting plant murdered 13 of the demonstrators. The local communities have been fighting against this polluting and hazardous plant since it was first announced in 1992. The plant became operational in 1996 and due to its polluting effects on workers and the surrounding lands, the protest movement now encompasses most sectors of the community against the company and the corrupt and repressive state and federal governments of India. And uh, we certainly um, hope that S. Mulgilan will be found alive. Um, we now turn to Australia. We do a slight jump where there's been a major outbreak of silicosis. Um, following the discovery in 2017 and 2018 in, um, in Queensland of a number of cases of the incurable lung disease silicosis among stonemasons, the Queensland government ordered an audit of the, of the stone manufacturing sector. Now, what uh, this audit found was that they, um, they found almost 100 cases of workers that had contracted silicosis, with 15 of, of these uh, workers being termed as terminal cases. This uh, result has been labelled an epidemic with far-ranging social and health implication, implications as silicosis can develop after only a few years. A major lung screening program has now implemented as well as a comprehensive assessment of workplaces that has found hundreds of health and safety workplace breaches. And again, it shows why occupational health and safety issues at work are just so important. Those particular chronic illnesses, stories of chronic illnesses make me so angry because when you get a chronic illness, obviously you can't work, but you've spent your entire working life earning money for the bosses, but you can't work, which means you can't afford the health care 
to make yourself better from someone else's prop. It just makes me angry. Okay. Um, Climate change, which is another uh, thing that we're all suffering from because of the bosses. In an unprecedented display of coordination, students and young people across the world will go out on strike in a global protest against government and companies in action on climate change. This is a very, very good story, Pierre. I do like that young people are organising together across the world to stick it to the bosses. The organisers are angry that political and economic self-interest of the current ruling elites are sabotaging the environmental conditions of future generations. This call for change has been taken up by unions all around the world who have come together under the umbrella of Trade Unions for Energy Democracy. Trade Unions for Energy Democracy is an organisation that advocates for democratic direction and control of energy in a way that promotes solutions to the climate crisis, um, solutions to energy poverty and the degradation of both land and people, and response to the attacks on worker rights and conditions. Sounds like what we need is... What's the expression? Oh, a planned economy, one where we justly transition from technologies that are destroying the environment to things that aren't, and then we support workers to uh, develop the skills in new industries so that they're not impoverished when industries close down. Sounds um, sounds quite uh, Marxist, really, doesn't it? Well, logical. I was gonna I was gonna say, and uh, the thing about like about that story was, um, well, the young people, which I presume means anyone under forty. Um, uh, can actually organise globally in a global coordinated action. And I just sort of wonder, that's a good idea for workers and unions as well, I would have thought, especially with global companies. What do you think, Giselle? Oh, well, look, I have heard a rumour that this might be an effective way of organising, but I'm yet to confirm if it's fake news or not. (laughs) All right. Well, with with those (laughs) thoughts that will probably come back at some stage in the future, we'll go to a committee announcement and then we'll be back with the excerpts from the IWD rally here in Melbourne. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR. Radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. It's 16 minutes past nine o'clock. You're on Community Radio 3CR. We're going to go to a couple of excerpts from the rally. The speakers are Belinda Stevens and April Watson. And then in the second part of this section, uh, Lara Watson um, from the ACTU. In each case, they'll be introduced by Pierre Chaveri, who is one of the women's officers at Trades Hall and one of the chairs of the rally. Belinda and April are the daughters of Tanya Day, She was a proud Aboriginal woman who died in Victorian police custody in 2017 and they're currently campaigning in the fight for justice for their mother and to end Aboriginal deaths in custody. Thank you. Um, Firstly, we too would like to acknowledge um, that we are standing on Aboriginal land, pay our respects to our elders past, present and future. We'd also like to acknowledge our mother, Tanya Day, 
Um, and also our grandmother, Leonie Day, and great-grandmothers, Louisa Atkinson and Gladys Day. Um, we stand here today because of them, uh, the strong Aboriginal women who've stood before us and, and have carried the struggles of their families and communities. Is that better? Sorry. Um, these women have carried the struggles of their families and communities on their backs for, the year, for, for many years and their strength and resilience in the fight for justice, we are now able to continue their journey. Every day we draw from their strength of our ancestors and culture and support for our community. On December the 5th, 2017, our mother came into contact with the justice system um, and many failures from that contact um, led to her losing her life. Uh, the system continues to fail Aboriginal people um, and in particular, Racial profiling um, is the only reason our mum came into contact with the police that day. Um, we're calling on the Victorian Government to implement the recommendations of the Royal Commission to decriminalise public intoxication as an offence. Uh, their failure to do so has directly resulted in us not having our mum with us today. She was uh, travelling from Echuca to Melbourne, um, going down to see her youngest daughter, um, who was pregnant at the time and unfortunately mum didn't get to, to meet her grandson. She was travelling, she was falling asleep on the train and the V-Line instructor considered her to be unruly and called the police. Um, I don't know how you can be unruly when you're sleeping and you're not bothering anyone. But again, that goes to the racial profiling and the systematic failures. Her only crime was that she was an Aboriginal woman. She was placed into custody and while she was in custody, she suffered traumatic head injuries. The police failed to conduct their adequate checks. Um, you know, they were supposed to check on her regularly. They didn't do that. They didn't enter the cell. And within four hours, she was unconscious and on the way to the hospital and never regained consciousness. Um, Again, I just want to talk about the fact that there's multiple reasons for the reason that our mum's not here. And it's, you know, from many government agencies, so V-Line, the police, the ambulance, all of them failed mum. And her, her last days on this earth were very traumatic. Um, and we want to make sure that people don't have to experience what we've had to. And certainly people don't have to experience what she had to go through as well. So I'll hand over to April now. Our mum was a proud Aboriginal woman. She loved her family and community strongly. Mum was well known for her cooking, fashion and love for the Rabbitohs. She was strong in her convictions and her opinions. She would often use her passion and voice to call out injustices faced by Aboriginal people and to stand with the families of deaths in custody. For all her strength, mum had experienced hard and trying times in her life with losing her four-month-old son, Luke, to SIDS, which she could never recover from, later on losing her mother, brother, nephew and sister. This was evident in her struggles to have fulfilment in her life. For all that, she managed to pursue a life of activism to help others, and for that, she is our inspiration and our motivation. 
We won't rest until she gets the justice that she deserves. Her life and her presence in this world was taken from us because the Victorian government continues to ignore the recommendation that was made nearly 30 years ago to decriminalise public intoxication. A law that's been used time and time again to target Aboriginal people, Torres Strait Islander people and people of colour. It's simply not good enough and needs to be changed now before someone else has to endure what our mum done, uh, what our mother did and what we are now. This, there's no more time for excuses. The coroner has foreshadowed her recommendation to abolish this law as a result of what our mother went through. Help us honour her memory. Please sign and share her petition. Please share her story far and wide. That could be anywhere um, in your workplaces, sporting clubs, online. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, absolutely anywhere. Um, the further this story goes, the more people are going to be aware of what's going on and the more likelihood we're going to be able to get change. Um, the more support we have, the more pressure that we can put on the Victorian government to finally act. We'd also like to invite anybody um, that would like to come along to her next directions hearing, which is on the 19th of March. Uh, that's at nine o'clock. We'll have a smoking ceremony and a welcome to country by Wondery. So if everybody could be there, that would be great. You know, they're not going to be able to ignore the support and numbers. Uh, we'll have media there to make sure that none of that is going to be forgotten or excused. Uh, we've also got some clipboards with mum's paper petition, which will be tabled in the parliament. So if you're happy to grab a clipboard and get that around to get some signatures, that'll be great. And then at the end, if you just pop it back up on the truck and then we can get that to our lawyers. So um, we want to thank everybody for being here today and for everybody that's already shared uh, mum's story and that has signed the petition. And we hope that we can get some more further supporters from today. Thank you. I'd like to ask Lara Watson to come up now. Lara Watson is a Birigubba woman from Central West and sorry, Central West Queensland. Come on up. And the Indigenous Officer with the ACTU. She has been involved with the trade union movement for 15 years and is currently running the wage justice campaign for community development workers in remote communities through the First Nations Workers Alliance. Thank you. Wadamuli everyone. I'd like to acknowledge all language groups of the Kulin Nation and thank them for allowing me to walk on country and pay my respects to Elders past and present. I'd also like to take the opportunity to acknowledge Belinda Talkovich. You know, Belinda was a passionate advocate for working women's rights and she was involved in many of our most important campaigns. Campaigns like pay parental leave, employment and pay equity, work, family and caring responsibilities, equal opportunity and discrimination and so much more. Belinda worked with Victoria Trades Hall both at a state, national and international level for the push of recognition and education on family and domestic violence in industrial agreements. And her legacy will live on every time a woman in crisis is able to access this leave. Vale, sister. 
It's common knowledge that gender violence is an epidemic in Australia. Women are experiencing violence in their workplace, in their homes and everywhere that they go. We need to change the rules for working women and all women that experience violence. We need 10 days paid family and domestic violence leave. No worker should have to choose between their job and the ability for them and their children to be safe. Leaving a violent relationship is hard. And most of the support services you need to access, you can only access through business hours. Things like accessing police, attending court hearings, changing your children's school, finding a new home. The list goes on. And this is why paid family and domestic violence leave is critical. As mentioned before, I do work in remote communities, taking on the federal government around their racist and punitive community development program. And what we've seen in these communities, our workers are being breached for up to eight weeks. That's no income whatsoever. People are getting breached because they are attending cultural business such as sorry business and sorry camps. And heavens forbid, if you're a woman that has experienced violence, you run the risk of being breached for eight weeks if you don't turn up. Too many women are experiencing violence and are either losing their jobs or falling out of the workplace. This is not good enough. It is time to change the rules or to break the rules. <laughs> We need paid family and domestic violence leave and we need it now and we won't wait. We won't wait! We won't wait! We won't wait! We won't wait! Thank you. Before you leave, I'll just let you know that the National Union of Workers has got a campaign going on against Chemist Warehouse. Women who are working in their distribution centre are facing ongoing sexual harassment. Now on our march to Parliament House, we're going to stop by Chemist Warehouse and we need you to be loud and we need you to be proud. Thank you. Three CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. Wasting time. 
Those were some excerpts from the International Women's Day Rally in Melbourne, Australia that was held last night from 5.30 to 7.30 in the Melbourne CBD. It is 29 minutes past nine o'clock, like very few seconds, Pierre. What do you want to say? I was going to say that it's a shame that I missed the march uh, yesterday, but, you know, I was with communities in Cranbourne doing IWD functions there. So, you know, not too bad, but I'll hopefully next year I can be there as well. Um, so that is all we've got time for you Left today. Left speechless there, <laughs> I was going to say something rude and change my <laughs> mind. Um, that's all we've got time for today on Asia Pacific Currents. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up next is Palestine Remembered, but we will be back next Saturday morning with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. And I'm Pierre Morrow. I'm Giselle Hanna. And uh, have a good weekend. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.